1: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Uh hey Paul, it's Wally from Oconia. Here's a prediction. You're wrong. Have a blessed day.
2: Please hurry back, Jordana. Your understudy, Paul, is making a mess
3: of things.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Understudy? I thought I was her intern. Uh-oh. Tomato
2: tomato. It's all the same, you know, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh
3: hi. Hi. Hi, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> and who's this Wally from Waconia? Yeah, I don't kind know. Kind of annoying. Keeps calling. I don't know. Yeah. He keeps calling, Yeah, and you keep yeah. putting him on the air.
2: I keep trying to block his number, but it doesn't work. Yeah, you enabled him. Well, You're an enabler. I mean, you got to use the tools you have, I guess. Well, it's freedom yeah. of speech,
3: Elon <laughs> Musk. Something like freedom that. of speech. <laughs> oh, boy. Anyway, happy Monday. Let, let's not talk about the weather. I'd rather talk about, and, and tell me, has this ever happened to you with your significant other, uh your spouse have they ever thrown you under the bus by failing to tell you that something was wrong with you cosmetically <laughs> maybe it was your hair maybe your clothing was disheveled maybe your fly was down i got to tell you a story um saturday night actually this this was this was friday evening and uh, it was a get together for auto dealers here in the Twin Cities for the auto show, just getting ready for the big auto show, which is going on May fourteenth to the twenty second at the fairgrounds. A chance to shake some hands, uh, meet some people, talk about this event, which is going to be a huge event at the state fairgrounds. So, I am DJ the the spoke, and I know you are going to be impressed. I am the EV spokesperson. Begin. <laughs> 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 Because I am battery-powered. Yes, uh, yes. Or soon will be. Yeah. But um so I am excited. And there's going to be like 14 different EV options, maybe more than that. Different, you know, pickups and, and vehicles. The options are increasing, and I can't wait to drive each one. So anyway, I'm shaking hands. Uh, I'm saying hello. And it was a nice evening. I get home, and I... You know, go into the bathroom, look in the mirror, and here there's this big black thing on my left ear. It looked it looked hideous. It looked like I had gangrene on my left ear. Wait, and I, I mean, I, I let out a yelp. I'm like, what the? And I, I went down to my wife downstairs, mm-hmm. Lori, my my bride of 37 years, and I said did you see this on my ear all evening as I'm meeting and greeting people and shaking hands? She goes, oh, yeah, I didn't think anything of it. <laughs> well, well, thank you so much for not telling me that I had this thing. And it was from the headphones. I have the headphones I know, I did. at the office. Yeah, the right studio. when you told
2: that story, I know exactly what that is. A little yeah. flakes of whatever covering on the foam come off when you wear these headsets sometimes.
3: Right. Right. And they stick and they, onto
2: your cheek or ear or whatever. They yeah.
3: stick on my ear. I wonder if just... any of
2: those people went home and like were going on WebMD or whatever and like trying to <laughs> diagnose. Which I think Paul might have some sort of disease. He's got this weird thing on it. So cheek.
3: somebody should tell him. But I and I wondered in retrospect <laughs> why people kept looking up at my left ear, you know? <laughs> and now I know. So. I'm like, I look, if you see something, say something. Yes. I shouldn't have to say this on the radio.
2: Well... Has, if, has
3: Katrina ever done that to you? She,
2: uh, she has. I'm going to tell you that story after the break, But uh, and and we do want to hear from you guys. Has this happened to you? Give yeah. us a call or text 651-461-9226. But um, it, it's, it's totally your wife's responsibility because I don't think it's right for the person you're meeting for the first time. You don't meet somebody for the first time and say... Hey, Paul, you got a weird black thing. Because what if it was, you know, like like some weird wart or birthmark or something? You don't want to do that. But your wife knows that it's not normal, that that shouldn't be there. And it is her responsibility as your partner to tell you that that's there. So usually I agree with Lori, but today I'm on Team Paul. She should have told you. And I'm assuming you would repay the favor, right? Of course, and I if tell her if she's got broccoli in her
3: teeth or something. If she's got a boog problem, you know, boogers and ah. that are clearly visible, I will tell her.
2: I was trying to be nice with the broccoli in the teeth, and you just went straight to booger. Okay. Go straight ahead. for the boogs. Yeah. Well, funny.
3: look, we all have those issues from time to time, <laughs> and it's part of the human condition. But I tell her. Yeah. And I, I just, I'm baffled that she just didn't care or just thought it was funny and
2: i mean did you make her
3: explain herself did you have a defense for why she let you down she really no i just went upstairs before the show (laughs) and i said do you have any answer to this i mean i'm just i'm genuinely curious why would you let me go the whole evening with this black thing on my left ear it it and it did it looked like my ear was cancerous or gangrenous (laughs) It looked horrible.
2: Angrenous. thats not a
3: word. Did do you think
2: she like did it for the entertainment value? Because I'm, you know, I'm sure yeah. she's not into like pretty much. Oh, you, you know, you're blah 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 from some car maker, blah. And she's like, oh, I get to watch all these people stare at Paul all night. That's way more interesting. <laughs> stare at Pauls ear.
3: <laughs> <laughs> maybe <laughs> I don't know. We should have maybe in the five o'clock hour. I'll get. We should get Lori on and ask her to defend herself. This is not a court of law. It is a court of public opinion, and my question to you is simple. Has your husband, your wife, your boyfriend, your girlfriend ever, ever hung you out to dry by not telling you something was wrong? And please be specific. Call or text 651-461-9226. This is a public service, an attempted public service. Give us a call right now. We'll be back on CCO. Okay, my wife and I have been married 37 years, and uh, I've known her for about 43 years. took me a good six years to talk her into marrying me. Um, (laughs) And it's been a good ride. We argue over the dumbest things, usually. We bark at each other the older we get. But I love her dearly, even though she throws me under the bus every now and then. As she did Friday evening, I had this black stuff on my left ear from my headphones at CCO, uh, they're older headphones, and they're starting to—they're brittle, and they crumble. And anyway, a piece of this black plastic or foam or whatever got stuck to my left ear, and it was there the whole night. And it looked like a giant bug—I don't know, like a giant tick—was just stuck to my ear. And she said nothing, and I—I uh, I, I just don't know what to make of that. I don't know what to make of that. Diane in Maple Grove, um, do you have a story for us?
0: Hi, Paul. Yes, I do. Kind of similar. I was on the elevator. I was like in my mid-20s. I was with my husband, and we ran into this guy that I hadn't seen since high school. I think maybe I had dated him. And we're we're chatting away. Oh, it's good to see you, and blah, blah, blah. And <laughs> get off the elevator with my husband, and he burst out laughing. There was a chunk of a booger hanging out of my nose. <laughs>
3: Oh no! Oh, I've been
0: there the whole time I was talking to the guy. Oh, oh man, I just—it was awful.
3: Well, and look, everybody should have a buddy check, right? When and this happens to everybody. I don't care who you are or whether it's stuff stuck in your teeth or stuff coming out of your nose. I mean, you you can't walk around with a mirror everywhere. But did you? Uh, did you give him a hard time about that? No,
0: I I should have punched him in the nose. It was. I was so mad at him for not like telling me or giving me a Kleenex or something. It was it was awful. There,
3: there's gotta be there's gotta be a way to signal to your significant other that something is wrong, like an SOS, I don't know, you know, blinking rapidly or something, um so that they can take evasive measures. But uh anyway, uh thank you, Diane. I appreciate you uh I appreciate your honesty in calling in.
0: <laughs> All right, take care.
3: You take care of yourself, thank you. Yeah, yeah, the bugs. Yeah, Mm-mm. Uh, one of our listeners says, "Paul, my aunt put red lipstick on her eyebrows <laughs> instead of eyebrow pencil, and she and she and my uncle went to church. He he never said a thing. He's <laughs> got red lines over your eyes." <laughs> Jeez. That is, wow. That's harsh. That's a good one. That, that is uh that is harsh. Ah, uh, yeah. Well and and look, I mean how many times guys, you know, with flies down and you know, that 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 comes with a turf and and she's been good about alerting me <laughs> to those moments. <laughs> but uh Even though I usually say, hey, hey, eyes up here, eyes up here. You make it sound like those
2: moments happen a little too frequently then, you know.
3: Well, well, so um, have you had any issues? How many years have you been married now, (laughs) That's a great
2: question. Uh, uh, Twelve? I can't remember if it's going on twelve or just over twelve, but something like that. And I should probably figure that out. Hopefully my wife's not listening for that comment and the story I'm about to tell. But one time oh. we were going on just a little weekend trip, I think to Madison, if I remember correctly. Yes, it was Madison. Uh, just my wife and I wanted to escape. It might have been our anniversary or something. We said, oh, let's just go to Madison and grab a hotel and, and hang out for the weekend. And we're loading up the car and I had just, just for load up the car, I'd slipped on my University of Minnesota Crocs that are, you know, they, like I, I have Crocs, they're comfortable, they're great, I do not wear them in public, I do not wear them to work, they're for like, you know, taking the garbage out and loading the car or whatever. And right. I, uh, I neglected to remove the Crocs, and my wife neglected Ooh. to remind me that I still Ooh. had the Crocs on. And you're in Madison? And we were halfway to Madison before I realized that Uh-oh. not only was I still wearing my U of M Crocs, but I had packed no other footwear for the entire weekend. <laughs> so an entire weekend in Madison, including, by the way, we went to a uh, a Badgers, a uh, University of Wisconsin Badgers hockey game that weekend, and I strolled right in with my bright yellow and maroon U of M Crocs on because that's all I had for the entire... And we're going out to eat, and I got normal clothes and dress shirts and whatever, and I... Uh, I just wore Crocs the whole weekend. And I, I think, you know, it was kind of, I feel like the score is kind of even because my wife neglected to remind me that I had them on. But then I, of course, you know, instead of going to Target to go buy a pair of shoes, I just kept them on for the whole weekend, which probably embarrassed her to no end, but. Well, <laughs> but what do you do? So I mean
3: defiance. acted defiance. Yeah. I, and I, I give you credit for I wearing them proudly.
2: And if maybe if I needed a new pair of shoes, I would have just gone and bought them in Wisconsin, but I didn't need a new pair of shoes, and I'm just gonna go buy one for the weekend. I just rocked the Crocs all weekend long.
3: You rocked the Crocs. Yeah. At least they matched. I'll never forget um once I I had an early morning flight to I think it was New York City, mm-hmm. I can't remember mm-hmm. where, but one of those, you know, five AM flights. And I got to the airport and I'm going through TSA and I look down and I realize I have two different colored shoes on <laughs> I, I have one black shoe and one brown <laughs> shoe. and People are looking at oh. me extra funny. Like, um, sympathetically, like, Oh, this poor man, what, what, what is wrong with you? Are you okay? And so, um, Anyway, there there was a shoe store, I think yeah. there still is, okay. uh, at MSP International, mm-hmm. and I, I went and reluctantly bought some shoes that actually matched, because yeah. I couldn't imagine showing up for a <laughs> <No>. business meeting <laughs> in with
1: mismatch- two different colored
2: shoes. <laughs> um, now, how about this? I was once in a wedding. I was a groomsman in a wedding, and they had a, a suit for us, but then they said, just go buy like a pair of brown dress shoes. Like, you kind of told us the color but you know so the the shoes we're all wearing weren't the same brand and style of shoe they were just all brown and when we were kind of horsing around before the wedding me and another one of the groomsmen were like well hey we have the same size shoes let's trade one you know i give him one of my shoes he gives me one of his so we went the entire wedding And we both had mismatched, they're basically the same color, but we both had mismatched shoes for the pictures, for the ceremony, for the after, for the whole thing. Nobody said anything? Nobody noticed? Nobody said anything the entire time. And we told the bride and groom like a couple of weeks later, you're like, hey, you know, by the way, I don't know if you saw. And if you really zoom in on a couple of pictures, you can tell, you go, wait a minute, something's not right there.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Which of the following does not belong? Well. And look, and the reason I had two different colored shoes, I was getting dressed in the dark because I didn't want to wake up my bride. Yeah, I did yeah. not want to wake up Lori, the same bride who threw me under the threw bus. Threw you on the bus, yeah. yeah. So again, it's thing,
2: it's her fault. We're we're just both going to get in trouble tonight is what's going to well, happen. But but I tell you though, when I did the morning show here, I worked with Dave Lee for a few years, and I would get dressed in the dark almost every day. And I mean, many times I'd show up to work with my t shirt inside out, or you know, oh, I thought I had a different pair of pants on, but I got these, or one time I showed up in a in green pants and like the same color green sweatshirt, and I, you know i I'm not much for fashion, but I know you shouldn't wear green on green. It's a bad look, but when you dress in the dark like at three le- o'clock in the morning,
3: that's what happens. Yeah. <laughs> Giant leprechaun producers, yes. yes. Oh my goodness. All right. Hey, Jordana is uh she filled in this morning uh from 9 to noon, but she's going to be on at 5:45. I want to see if if she and uh, and Mark have ever had a close encounter. But uh, keep it going. If if you've got some stories, I love the uh, the red lipstick on the eyebrow <laughs> story. That's awesome. Text us 651-461-9226. An episode of the Fulker Files coming up, my dad comparing Putin with stalin and uh speaking of putin the ukraine one woman's story of how she got her mom out of ukraine sounds like something from an action thriller we'll have her story next paul douglas back with you dj producing today call from
0: mom answer it call silenced
2: instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game that's why they make ordering from your couch easy
1: Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
3: Jordana joining us at 545. Can you imagine how frantic it would be having loved ones in Ukraine in the path of danger, and, and trying everything to get them out. I couldn't help but notice that uh, the Defense Secretary of the United States, Lloyd Austin, said, we want to see Russia weakened to the degree that it can't do the kinds of things it has done in invading Ukraine. He went on to say... The Ukrainians believe they can win. We believe they can win if they have the right equipment, the right support. We're going to do everything we can, everything we can to ensure that that support gets to them. So Saturday evening, I had a chance to attend a gala for Union Gospel Mission Twin Cities, the amazing things they do on a daily basis, turning lives around. And I met some incredible people. One of them was Lydia Tanoian and she is the uh, Researcher and Project Manager for Union Gospel Mission Twin Cities, and she's joining us today. Hey, Lydia. Hey, Paul. How are you today? I'm doing well, I, and I really wanted to spend more time with you Saturday evening, and I'm so glad your mom was able to to join us for this gala dinner. Tell us your mom's name.
0: Her name is Ruslana Shimonowska.
3: And how long has she been in the United States?
0: She came here on March sixth, right a few weeks after the war broke out in Ukraine.
3: And Lydia, can you take listeners through the ordeal? You explain some of it, and it—I shaking my head to this mm-hmm. day um, with what she had to go through to escape. Can you give us kind of the high level version of how Mom got out?
0: Absolutely. We were expecting on the war, um, to break out and, um, months before it happened, we warned my mom that we need to get her out. Um, she's one of the very few lucky people who actually has a family outside of Ukraine and, and actually had somewhere to come, uh, which is me, right? Um, because millions of Ukrainians right now are either in refugee camps or they're staying with strangers who probably can't keep them for very much longer. So we, we warned my mom that we would like to. We told her, let, let us get you out while it's still peaceful, when the planes are still flying, when you can still pack your things and, and bring a few suitcases. But Ukrainian people really couldn't even uh, fathom that something of this proportions, this huge tragedy could even happen. They never thought that in the middle, smack in the middle of Europe, a country that's a neighboring country that uh, has so much in common in history and language and in religion and all of that, you know, cultural ties could do something like this to another neighboring country, um, just turned it into rabble. So my mom refused and then, um, you know, and then Russia invaded and attacked and, and it was too late. You know, the, uh, airplanes were not flying. There was no way to get out. Um, uh, and my mom spent a few, Uh, I think a week or so, in in her friend's cellar. There's no bomb shelters in Ukraine, so it was in a cellar. Then they thought, okay, Mm -hmm. cellar is not so safe because what if the building is bombed and they're just buried in that cellar? Um, And and she was just very tired of getting up in the middle of the night because usually bombings and, and shelling happens right in the middle of the night, so people can't sleep at all. 24 hours a day, they have to sit in the cellar's Um, a lot of times hundreds of them packed into this dark place with no electricity, no water, no food, children, you know, elderly people, disabled people. It's very complicated. So she just decided I'm going to hide in my closet. I'm going to wrap as many coats around myself as I can. Uh, so if, you know, there, um, something happens to the building, at least I'm, I, I'm not injured as much. Um, and then my wonderful church friends in Ukraine, they started this uh, evacuation operation where they would evacuate women and children, but also elderly and disabled, to the borders of either Poland or Romania. And when I heard about that, I asked them if they would make um, room for my mom on the bus, and they surely did. So I told my mom one night, I think it was May 3rd, that I told her I found um a bus for her to hop on with other women and children. And and that morning at 6 a.m. she had to be there. And, um, a friend of mine drove her to that bus right when the sirens went on and, and the bombings, you know, the bombing, the bombs were falling down. Um, she made it on the bus and it, you know, this, um, the journey was, uh, scary because you don't know what kind of roads you're going to take. Will the roads be also bombed? Uh, there were lots of military checkpoints. It took a very long time. Um, and then they made it to the border of Romania, and actually the whole thing was happening while I was in surgery, so it was really hard because I I wanted to uh, keep my hand on the pulse and see where she is on her journey, uh, but I couldn't because I was under the <laughs> under the drugs, <laughs> so that was a very stressful a very stressful day of my life, uh, very scary. Um, and they were let out of the bus uh, right on the border of Romania, and uh, my mom told me the crossing of the border was like this cage uh, with metal fence and women and children packed and back-to-back walking for five hours in freezing cold Romania in Ukraine uh, to cross the border. But she told me, um, uh, you know, she was just praying. People were just praying. Children were not crying. Women were not complaining. My mom was probably the only one with no children. A lot of women had three, four children with them, some of them nursing children. And they had to stand on their feet and hold those babies for hours and hours to cross the border. Um, and it took five hours. Um, I was, I'm very blessed. I have amazing friends uh, friends in, in Romania. And um, we went to school together at Baylor University in Texas. And this friend was willing to drive six hours from his house to the border of Romania, wait for my mom for hours. Uh, then spot her in the crowd. I sent him a picture, how she's supposed to look like. And oh. he uh, picked her up and drove. Um, actually got her hotel room for that night. So most women and children stayed in this tent, which is also, I know the volunteers set up, Romanian volunteers, um, and Ukrainian, I guess, uh, set up tents there on the border for women and children to spend the night until people move on. But um, most of them don't know where they're going to go. They have nowhere to go. They have no family to go to, um, you know, no, nothing waiting for them. So the future for them is scary and bleak. And nothing to come back to because um, it, it's turned into rabble. And my mom is just so grateful. She already had a visitor visa to the U.S. because she comes every summer to visit her grandchildren, my kids, uh, uh-huh. and, and spend time with us. So that's how she was able to enter the United States. So a friend of ours, um, after spending the night in a hotel, he drove for another six hours to Bucharest. And overnight, I had to buy her emergency ticket ticket to fly to uh, Minneapolis. She flew to through Amsterdam, and March 6th she landed. Um, so we wow. picked her up, and it was, you know, full of tears and hard to believe. And, and she's so grateful um, to have a family to come to, to have... Uh, a home and uh, someone to take care of her. And she's probably one of the very few blessed and lucky people. Uh, And she wanted me to share how grateful she is to um, all American people who welcomed her here. Um, A lot of people were so generous and um, uh, helped her and, you know, to start off her feet, because she came with nothing. She was allowed only a very small suitcase, some water and some food for that long trip to the border. And uh, a lot of people came through, and um, give her a gift for um, you know her to cover her ticket and maybe buy a few necessities. Um, you know we do take care of her as a family, but uh, uh, other people came through and she's very grateful. She wanted me to make sure wow. that I thank American people for their uh, welcoming and for their generosity and kindness.
3: Well, thank you, and I really appreciate you sharing this story, Lydia. And I'm so happy for yeah. you. Uh, for your extended family, mm, that she's you. here and she's safe. She looked great at the event Saturday night. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I, I could see how proud she was of you and uh, mm-hmm. and the, the amazing work you're doing at Union Gospel Mission. But uh, we'll keep her in our prayers as we do thank all uh, Ukrainians. And um, thank you for sharing your story and her story on CCO, Lydia.
0: Thank you for having me. Have a great day.
3: You too. Thank you. So, DJ, the difference, she had a visitor's visa, and that's the only way she could get into the U.S. immediately. And so, wow, one of the lucky ones uh, to get out and be able to come into the U.S. right away. When we come back, um, I don't know if you have a stamp collection, if you care about stamps, but there's one stamp in particular I really want to get my hands on. And after you hear about this, you may want it as badly as I do. That's up next. Ah yes, living in the limelight. It is so glamorous, so glamorous. Um, I wanted to share with you a stamp and, and and normally I don't care that much about stamps. but if you get a chance, go on the Google machine and and plug in Ukrainian stamp. Uh, apparently, you can only get this at the central post office in Kiev in Ukraine, the capital of Ukraine. It's a new stamp, and it shows a Ukrainian soldier giving the finger to the flagship Russian cruiser Moskva, which is the ship that the Ukrainians sank. It was the pride of the Black Sea missile cruiser, and it's now on the bottom of the, uh, the Black Sea. On the sheets, perforated margin is the phrase that has become a rallying slogan for Ukrainians in their underdog battle against Moscow. Russian warship, go bleep yourself. <laughs> and it's just this soldier, you know, his single finger in the air, and you can see the warship, the Russian ship in the background. and It's just... And apparently they can't keep them in stock, and I wish I could... Wish I could buy one online, but no such luck. Uh, DJ, I'm glad you're okay. You told me about your uh, your accident, your softball accident. <laughs> Are you going to blame the cold weather on I, that? No,
2: uh, no, it has nothing to do. No, it's um, I, I'm a little out of practice, so I was coming in on a pop up uh, from the outfield, and I did not call off the infielder, and we had a good collision last oof. night. Um, so it was not good. It was knocking. One of those times you just you knock into somebody and the next thing you know you're on the ground and you're not really sure what quite happened or which limb went which way and I was fine, nothing. I mean, no blood, no broken bones. I got up, you know, I didn't black out or anything else. What fine. about a but
3: concussion? Are you worried about a concussion? Or my you... wife
2: screened me for a concussion cuz she thinks she's a nurse. She's almost there. She'll be a nurse this yeah. fall. And uh she said I'm fine. So I'm really? I, yeah, I'm okay. I, they asked sure me fine. They asked me afterwards what I needed, and I said, I need a base hit. And <laughs> I went and got one of on my next at-bat. So I, I went
3: opposite field after that. A little slower bat speed, maybe. Well, I admire you guys for getting out there and playing, even though it's <laughs> yeah. in the 30s. And they
2: canceled my game tonight. I'm just uh, angry. Did, wind chills in the 20s is fine.
3: I don't know the why horses. they canceled Hey, we'll talk about the flooding in Grand Forks. Maxie coming up next hour and Jordana coming up at 545. Stay with us.
1: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof?